What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I am your host, John Chapman, and we have an awesome episode for you today. We are going to, this is the Know Your Enemy episode to where we are going to be breaking down everything about the 49ers versus the Bengals in week two, and we're going through it all. Uh, history, some news, we recently had a roster addition as well with Jeff Wilson Jr. called up to the 53, but even more so than that, uh, I finished my film breakdown of the Bengals, so what we're going to do is jump into... Players to exploit, players to watch out for, schemes, some plays, and different types of blitzes that could work on the defensive side. And again, in the prediction part, at the very end of this episode, I'm going to be giving you my ideas for the player of the game, score prediction, and all of those things. So we have a very uh, detailed, long episode. And having said that, again, we are continuing with our live um, podcast on YouTube. So if you are joining us there, please feel free to enter in your questions at any point of this podcast. And again, uh, I love everybody joining and stuff. It's awesome. But make sure that you um, tag me on the chat Uh, Type in at John Chapman so that I can see it just because there's so many comments as I go through all this material. I want to make sure I don't miss your question. So without all that being said, let's go ahead and get started. We have a 10 a.m. kickoff on Fox on the East Coast time zone. And and this is a problem. You know, before last week, the 49ers were 0-12 the last 12 times they've been to the Eastern time zone. So uh, we get our first win, which is great. And also bucking trends in that, that way. We lost all eight road games last year. We didn't win one, but we're one and oh. So can this continue? You know, are the Bengals a tough team? I don't believe so. But if we look at what they did last week, they definitely played better than most teams were expecting. And they lose a close one on the road, 20-21 to to our division rival, the Seahawks. And they played good. They really had a chance to win that game super late. It could have gone either way. So... 
This is definitely not one of those teams to just say, oh yeah, this is definitely a W. It's definitely not the case. So we're going to get into there, but uh, two things that I want to talk to that maybe aren't dealing with the game so much is, one, Jeff Wilson Jr., the running back from University of North Texas, who we saw a lot last year, gets called up to the 53-man roster, which... This is what Kyle Shanahan does, and we talked about this. A lot of people were, you know, Melvin Gordon trade and all those things, and I explained last week why I'm not in favor of a Melvin Gordon trade and signing. It just didn't really make sense financially, but we keep somebody that Kyle Shanahan has coached before, which this is what he always does. We call up Jeff Wilson Jr., and he is a very good running back. The problem that he has had is fumbling issues. Now, I doubt that he's going to get any more than five touches, and you know, if everything goes perfectly smooth, he probably shouldn't get any touches whatsoever. But if we get on, you know, extended drives that are, you know, 13, 14 plus plays, we want to spell our running backs or, God forbid, one of our top two guys, Raheem Mostert or Matt Breida goes down, then his play chances definitely increase. But in a perfect world, he might get three touches and that's going to be about it. Now, um, I do like Jeff Wilson. I do think that, uh, you know, he fights really, really hard. He maximizes his potential, which, you know, as a non-athlete myself, (laughs) I I really do like those guys. It's just, he's got to protect the ball a lot better. Now, um, who's going to be cut? Because in order to make room for Jeff Wilson on this roster, who's going to go? I think it comes down to two different players, Brunskill and Toilolu. Some people are suggesting Caden Smith because he was inactive last week, but his potential is huge. If Caden Smith gets cut on waivers, he will be picked up by somebody else in the NFL. I I, I really do believe that. So I, I... Personally, I would prefer, I don't like having four tight ends. I understand Toy Lolo is a better blocker, but I think in the long scheme of things, Toy Lolo could clear waivers. I don't think somebody else would pick him up personally right now. Um, so I love this. Um, Baracko Niner says, Michelle and I love your show. Joe Biden says hello. That is awesome. Uh, appreciate the shout out and good luck on your upcoming race. But um, also, another thing I wanted to talk about is Mika Fitzpatrick. This has been another one that, you know, the Dolphins are awful. They're in full-on tank mode. They are selling everything off. They had at least four players came out, one report said, requesting a trade. So they have granted Minka Fitzpatrick uh, an opportunity to go out and find that trade, but they are looking for first-round value in return. Personally, I would not be willing to pay that. One, we're already without our second-round pick in the D4 trade, so we're already light on draft picks. And given I do think that you know our pick in the first round is going to fall between kind of that 15 to 22 range, somewhere around there, you know, I have us going 9 and 7 currently. So it's not a top trade choice but it's a middle choice and there's definitely going to be some o-line help needed and again the safety issue uh, perhaps these young guys you know tart and tarvarius more are going to be just fine and they're going to you know they're going to be starters for a long time that's best case scenario but you're going to have to add some help to that offensive line eventually. I love Joe Staley. He's one of my favorite all-time 49ers, but he can't play forever. And we have proven that our O-line, we do not have depth on the outside at all. So personally, I wouldn't. Would I trade a second for Minka? Yes, I would. Um, But again, who is Minka Fitzpatrick? And I, I talked about this on Twitter, and I put this out there for everybody. Here's the deal. Last year... 
Um, he missed 14 tackles, which is insane. Yes, I know he's a rookie and on a bad defense, but he also had 10 defensive penalties as well. And he's come out and requested he wants to be a slot corner, a nickel corner. He thinks that's his best position because what Minka Fitzpatrick is, he is a rich man's Jimmy Ward. He does everything that Jimmy Ward does, just better versions of it all across the board. Uh, Definitely much more durable, which helps out a lot. But, for example, last year, um, he only allowed 56% completion percentage, one touchdown pass, had five breakups, and two interceptions. And I put this poll out there. Would you be willing to give up a first for Minka? And 62% of you said not worth a first. And that's over 600 votes. I I really liked the turnout on that one. That was pretty fun. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things. We're stacked at slot corner. And so are we willing to give up a first for a guy to come in at one of our deepest positions on our entire team? Absolutely not. Um, Now, I will say this. Our front staff loves, front office loves um, everything about versatility. And Minka is probably one of the most versatile defenders in the NFL. So that scares me. But if we could give up like a third and some depth, some players that maybe like a third in Solomon Thomas or a third and one of our receivers, I'd be 100% down with that. But I just don't think that that is going to be anywhere close to what they want. They have said, um, they've come out and said, we want a first in return. And I just don't think that we have that. Now, a um, couple things just about injuries because, man, the 49ers injuries are rough. And, you know, I want to go through our injury report right now it just got asked any word on Verrett or herds and they are completely opposing the rumors out there so first off Nick Bosa is questionable we saw this previously where he barely got to practice in a limited function and then he came out and just dominated um, so he got in limited work on Friday it seems like he is going to be a go as well this week which is great there is some debate do you sit down Nick Bosa and wait for him to be fully healed will he be fully healed uh, ankle sprains are pretty rough and you're going to be sore after who knows if you wait a full another week if he's going to be ready week three? Do you just park him and wait till after the bye week? I don't think you do. I think that you do a per snap basis. You let him go through warm up, see how he feels, get him out there in pass rushing situations only. He got over thirty five snaps last week, which was a lot more than I think he should be getting. I think that needs to be limited a little bit. I you know I think twenty five should be his cap unless he just feels great. But if you know, for some reason he comes out and he says, you know, it's not feeling right, then you just set him down. So you kind of do a play-by-play basis on that. I do think that he's going to play and be amazing. Jimmy Ward, questionable with his finger. He does have a cast on it. Now, we do have three players that have been ruled out. Tevin Coleman, Jalen Hurd, and Trent Taylor. It is continuing to be much more with Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor. Bye week is now hopeful. Um... You know, it's it's a rough one because we could really use that depth at the wide receiver position big time. We are just we're just off, <laughs> you know, and, and this is the thing with injuries. Whenever you get these guys that go down and especially when you're relying on them, you know, we, we've got a lot of guys that are out right now. And if we could get those guys back at some key positions, it gives us flexibility. We don't need to carry seven wide receivers on our 53-man roster. We just absolutely don't. But the problem is you can't cut any right now because we're going five active. And then whenever you include into that, Dante Pettis playing two snaps last week, you really only had four wide receivers out there. 
So something to pay attention to. I do believe Dante Pettis' snaps jump up to 25 to 30 snaps this week. He was a full go all week, and I kind of feel like Kyle Shanahan got his message across to Dante Pettis. So what we're going to do now is we are going to kind of pause and jump 100% into the Bengals. So from here on out, we'll talk about some different things, but I want to focus on the Bengals and what's going on there. Their injuries make the 49ers injuries look absolutely wonderful. They are missing their top three offensive players um, all across the board. A.J. Green, he has been ruled out even though he was you know, out of his walking boot and out running on a treadmill. He has been ruled out this week, possible return next week, but as far as the 49ers go, A.J. Green's the best player on the roster by far. Joe Mixon did not practice um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but he got in a limited practice on Friday. He's got another ankle sprain. He is ruled questionable. My guess is right now they're going to test that ankle out, but even if best case scenario for the Bengals, Joe Mixon goes, he's going to be on a snap count, and you don't like playing running backs with ankle issues. Uh, see Matt Breida last year. Um, you know, you might be explosive enough, but the cuts aren't there. You don't have confidence. It's just not that out. Also, both starting tackles are out. Uh, thank you, Niner Joe Empire. Cordy Glenn uh, had a concussion. He's out. Jonah Williams, their first-round draft pick on IR. Holy cow. Their, their best lineman, their best running back, their best wide receiver all are out. And again, Joe Mixon might play, but for all intents and, per- all intents and purposes, you are assuming it's not going to be 100% Joe Mixon out there. So their offense is missing a whole lot. So this is, you never root for injuries and you never want people to get hurt. Greg Williams is a douchebag, by the way. Um, but you don't want those things, but whenever they happen, you, you kind of, this is the NFL. You hope they go in your favor. The 49ers have been on the wrong end of this for a very long time. Uh, Week two is definitely looking in our favor as of now. So here we go. Now, betting lines. Vegas lines, I told you guys this episode, I told you, the 49ers had an additional two points. They They were getting points. We were the underdogs just two days ago. I told you to head over there to my bookie and put your bets in. If you didn't do that, I apologize because the numbers have changed. It's now a coin flip game. So you, if you bet with us last week, whenever I told you to, you got two free points. Now it's an even game. The money has started to pour in on the 49ers side. So I hope that you jumped in there now it's a pick em game which is huge because again i've said this before anytime you are on the back side of you're you're the road team uh, that's negative three points on the wing column. So the fact that it's a pick em game means the 49ers are favored by three on a neutral field. So that's huge. The over under is 45 and a half. That's been adjusted to 46. So it, these numbers tell us something uh, for sure. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to go through my predictions and betting lines. I'm going to give you score totals, sack numbers, all that kind of stuff. So just hang on to that one. Now, the history of this matchup, we've played the Bengals 15 times, and we are 11-4 and four since this matchup got started. Having said that, the Bengals have won three out of the last five. That is their best stretch through the entire thing. We did win two playoffs and, of course, course, the Super Bowl against them. But uh, if you go back from 1978 to 96, 49ers had nine straight, which is just unbelievable. Hopefully we can kind of change things around and get a little bit more. How do I say this? Um, 
go back to where we should be. <laughs> the 49ers are a dominant franchise and have been the majority of their existence. We are slowly returning to that. I understand we're just 1-0, but that roster looks solid. And so a lot of optimism, and I think rightfully so. Now, let's jump into the Bengals' defense and figure out what their strengths, weaknesses, scheme, players to watch out for, and players to exploit, who those guys are. So very similar to last week, the strength of the Bengals' defense is their defensive interior. Geno Atkins is by far the best player on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and we're going to see him Sunday. So if you look at Indomitian Sioux last week, our roster is just littered with amazing defensive tackles. If there is a position strength in the NFL or surplus, defensive interior guys, this seems to be what the NCAA is pumping out like crazy. You know, we have obviously one of the better defensive tackles in DeForest Buckner, but Geno Atkins, he is absolutely incredible. Just super small, compact guy that can just power through whatever the hell it is. You just can't block him. So our interior guys, they've got their work cut out for him for sure. Sam Hubbard, who... The Bengals drafted out of Auburn just two years ago. He had four pressures and two sacks versus the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL outside of Dwayne Brown. So we have a much better offensive line. You know, last week we allowed the we had the second best pressure rate allowed. I know that's a mouthful, but <laughs> we were able to keep the Bucks out. And if you watch Thursday night football, the Bucks destroyed. Carolina's offensive line so I walked away from Thursday night football just absolutely loving and feeling even better about the 49ers which I didn't think was possible after week one so that's great news their defensive ends are solid at best Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlop yes they dominated um, again back in week one but we have a much better offensive line now their weaknesses Pretty much everything else, especially safeties and linebackers, uh, they do have Jesse Bates as their free safety. And what they'll do a lot of times, their scheme, their traditional 4-3, very similar to what the 49ers do. Uh, single high safety, so very similar to the defense we ran last year. But the main difference between the Bengals and the 49ers, they love having their linebackers out there for almost all the plays. Sometimes they'll switch it up and go like a true nickel setting, but they prefer to have three linebackers out there. So against the Seahawks, the Seahawks would come out in 11 personnel, and that, that means one tight end, one running back. Sorry, I said that backwards. One running back, one tight end. And they would keep three running backs out, or three linebackers out there the entire game. And if they try to do that against us, I'm not sure they will because of Kittle. He is a threat. If they keep those three athletic linebackers out there, I'm telling you right now, George Kittle is going to have 100-plus yards and a touchdown. They're not going to be able to answer that guy because it just you can't do that against one of the most mobile tight ends in the NFL. So their entire secondary didn't touch the ball once last week. And again, it's against the Seahawks. They're super run heavy, but not one pass deflection, not one interception. They're just, they're not a ball skill secondary. They are a man press defense on the outside corners. That's what they want to do. And then they're just going to run kind of a soft man with a single high safety on the interior. So we've got a lot of work to do. And again, if you look at what Kyle Shanahan has accumulated with our wide receivers, especially Debo Samuel, 
They are designed to beat man coverage. So the outside corners, I am loving this matchup for Debo Samuel. I think that he's going to have a hell of a game. So pretty excited about this. Uh, now Again, players to watch out for on defensive side, Geno Atkins and Sam Hubbard. Those are the two guys. If we keep Jimmy Garoppolo upright this week, we win the game. There's no doubt about that. The key stat for me is four quarterback hits or less. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hit four times or less, I think the 49ers win this game. That's kind of my key stat for the game. I'll tweet that out. <laughs> it's funny because last week, whenever I tweeted out my predictions, I feel like Twitter loves those so much to get out there and just like, <laughs> you're a moron, you're a moron. And actually, we did pretty well with our things. The only thing I missed was Quan Alexander and Dante Pettis. I had his MVPs. One gets ejected, the other plays two snaps. So outside of that, take it for what you want. Now, players we can exploit linebackers and corners, as I said, play action will be key. Watch the linebacker Nick Vahil or Vigil and Preston Brown. Those two guys, man, they are getting sucked up into the offensive line every single play against Seattle. I get it. They're super run heavy, but Kyle Shanahan's one of the best play action callers in the NFL. We abandoned that in the first half last week. I really, really hope we don't do that now. So I'm excited. I really do believe that the offense can have a lot of success against this team. But we'll see here. Now, um, can see Nick Bosa or Ford getting two sacks this game. I'm going to go through some predictions that I got coming up. So I'll let you know that. But before we jump into the other side of the ball and break down what their offense does, I want to take a second just to thank my bookie. Again, it, <laughs> Anything that I endorse and I say, man, I'm putting money on this, I am not lying. Uh, I'm not going to give betting advice and then not take that myself. So I understand that people use their hard-earned money, and I want you to do that if you know it's fun, it's entertainment. I don't throw a lot of money around on my bookie, but it's an absolute blast. And so what I need you to do, head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code 49ers. They're going to match your initial deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. So if you put in 200 bucks, they're going to give you 200 bucks for free to have fun with. And so if you see it that way, it's an absolute blast. And my favorite thing about my bookie is you pay, get your money in and out super quick. And when you win, you get your money out. It's it. So you play, they pay everything. It's very, very easy, and you can bet on everything. Um, if, if things start going wrong, you can do second-half props. You can bet on most field goals. They go bananas. And one of my favorite things all year is just the player props, which is a lot of fun. So head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers. They're going to double your initial deposit. And, uh, yeah, bet with us. We're going to have a good time. So let's jump now over to the Bengals' offense. Here's the deal. Their scheme is weird. <laughs> it's copy and pasted from a couple different offenses. Number one is the LA Rams last year, and Kyle Shanahan even said this, you know, they're basically doing the same thing that the Rams did last year. But I was shocked to see how much four wide receiver sets they came out in week one. Uh, it's the least used formation in the entire NFL. But we see it more than most people because now the Cardinals are going to lead the NFL in four wide receiver sets. The Bengals are going to be number two. And then the Rams are going to be number three. So we are seeing all of those. We'll have five different matchups against four wide receiver sets. And that's interesting because you have one running back. You got your four wide receivers. 
and that's it. Um, there's not a lot of pass protection help. And a big thing with the Bengals' offense is they love to release the running back out into the flat. So now you just have your five offensive linemen going against the defensive line and or a blitz. So their entire offense is predicated on a quick passing game and timing routes. And what I mean by that is they love zone coverage, and they will throw the ball before the players get open. Now, what does this open up the defense for? Interceptions, tipped balls, and sacks. They are betting we can just block you guys for two seconds and we're getting the ball out quick. So and you look at how many times you know Andy Dalton threw the ball last week. Good Lord. Uh, led the NFL in passing week one for most passing yards and attempts. So this is something to pay attention to. Now, so they come out in their four wide receiver sets, and they will stay in that for an entire drive. Then the next drive, they'll come out in a two wide receiver set. Then they'll switch it back to four wide the next drive. It's really weird. It's almost like they have different coordinators, and they take turns calling uh, different drives. So it, we're go- it's going to be curious to see exactly how they try to attack this defense because our defense is designed to stop this type of offense. It's 100%. This defense is designed for it super athletic linebackers and we like to use two linebackers not three um, and four wide receiver sets you're not going to see three linebackers out there even if it's third and one we don't do that we'll have our nickel guys out there Uh, again going back to the concept we have some of the best slot corner depth in the entire NFL so so definitely something to look to and again I'm seeing lots of comments on here really appreciate everybody showing up for the live show Uh, really enjoy doing this but again tag me if you have a question so I can get to it there's just so many comments there's no way I can read through them all as I'm going through all this stuff but I want to make sure I don't miss anybody so just tag me at John Chapman Uh, I'll make sure to put your question up there now the strengths of their offense there's not one, <laughs> um, especially with A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, and they're both their offensive tackles gone. I think their strength is coaching. You go back and you watch what's going on um, with week one. They carved up that defense very, very well. So, But the injuries, I think it kind of stops it. What's the story with Fitzpatrick? Again, uh, I talked about this to start the episode. I do not believe uh, that he is going to be worth that trade. Uh, I don't want to do it. Let me just refresh and make sure no trade has gone down. Uh, I'm not seeing one, so I think we're okay. <laughs> it got scared there with the comments. But again, the idea is this. Their offense is... Steady and quick. And the way they built their entire offensive line matches with that really, really well. Because their offensive line, it's a bunch of just really thick, stout guys that do not allow any bull rush bull rush pressure. So if we have guys that are just trying to mow through the offensive guard and offensive tackles, that ain't going to work this week. But where they are susceptible is on the edge. That kind of quick Nick Bosa D4 type thing, that is the definition of how you beat this offense. And so if we look at what the Bengals' offensive line did last year, they allowed 32 sacks. Um, They gave up five sacks last week. Um, But one of the things that was interesting, only 18 additional quarterback hits outside of that, which was top five. Um, You know, Andy Dalton got five sacks and one additional QB hit last week, but 203 pressures allowed last year. They gave up 21 pressures against the Seattle defense. And I truly do believe our defense generates much more pressure than Seattle. If we can match up our corners and our secondary to not allow these guys 
to get separation early on their passing routes, holy freaking cow, it's going to be a field day. Um, so I'm very excited. That's going to be the thing to watch probably almost all year, no matter who we play. It's our defensive line. This is why that Nick Bosa injury playing through that is just absolutely uh, imperative. Because if we can keep pressure up, then this game's going to get out of hand. I really do believe this. Uh, great question here. Do you miss your boy Dante Johnson? Hell no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I like to root for everybody. I don't like rooting against players. I don't want Dante Johnson anywhere around. And, man, if Witherspoon can put together another tough, nice game, because what our corners do have out for them, John Ross. One of the fastest players ever in the history of the NFL goes off last week. He was an absolute bust first two years. They even tried moving him to cornerback because the previous coaching staff had no clue what to do with him. He goes seven catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns in one game. So two ways to stop this. One, you have to get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage. Two, you've got to get pressure, and you cannot allow their quarterback, Andy Dalton, to have time to chunk it deep. So you get pressure, you get him uncomfortable, his eyes go down, now he can't see down the field. That's what we have to do. Also, Tyler Boyd, one of the best possession receivers in the NFL, one of the best route runners in the NFL. He is. We're going to have our hands full at the linebacker position with Quan Alexander and Fred Warner because here's the issue. Their offense is going to motion and scheme and do everything they can to get one of our linebackers, not our nickel guy, on Tyler Boyd. If they can do that then he's going to have a hell of a game. Uh, you look at Fred Warner, received 12 targets last week in the passing game. We can't allow that to happen. So uh, because of that, we're going to have to do a lot more man coverage inside and possibly some dime uh, package, which I would be fine with because we'd have Kawan Williams on one side and then we'd have uh, Mosley, Manuel Mosley on the other side. I'd be 100% fine with that. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see what's going on. Uh, another question right here. Why is no one giving Jimmy G credit for a good game versus the Bucks? I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah, that pick six was awful. Yeah, we didn't push the ball down the field, but he played well enough to win the game. The guy's 7-2 and two as a starter, and people are throwing a huge fit. You watch Thursday Night Football. You saw some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL with Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Um, golly. And one of those is a former MVP in Cam Newton. And the other ones, both of them are actually number one overall picks. I'm very happy to have Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback. And I think a lot of it, too, has to do with Nick Mullins. You know, an undrafted free agent, uh, a BDN, baby, comes in. Everybody likes him. I get it. And I'm so glad that he is our backup quarterback. But Jimmy G can do everything that Nick Mullins can do and more. I really do believe his ceiling and his floor are much higher. So it's 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 interesting. But you take for it what you want. Now, one thing that I will say as well, uh, players to exploit. Another thing that I thought was interesting, Andy Dalton fumbled twice last week. All right? Whatever. That's whatever. He has 40 career fumbles. 40 career fumbles. This game was built for D Ford. So, like, just understand, 40 career fumbles. Their offensive line can't block well on the edge. They block very well against power rushers. This is D. Ford's heaven. Um, so, uh, with that, uh, how do you think Jason Verrett will play? I, I do think, you know, they come out. He is going to be active this week. He was on the inactive week last week, but he seems healthy. I'm not sure he will see the field. Um, if Witherspoon keeps doing what he is doing, 
then hell yeah, you keep him out there for every single play of the game. Our four guys last week, uh, our outside corners and our two safeties played every single snap. So that's very traditional, and I think our DC wants to keep it that way. However, if John Ross gets loose and gets behind him a couple of times, which he can do that to any corner in the NFL, then I think you would put a more physical guy like Fred in there and just say, mess up John Ross's face. Uh, That's just kind of what you tell him to do. Um, Do you think if Bosa plays, will Bosa be effective? Hell yes. I think Bosa will be effective against anybody in the NFL. I truly do believe this kid is special. I've been on the uh, Bosa whatever since his sophomore year in college. So I, I... He looked amazing last week. He really, really did, even though he's on a bum ankle. So we'll just have to see what happens. But again, going back to the weaknesses of the Bengals' offense, they can't block on the edge. They cannot. Um, Speed kills this offensive line. Power, not so much. Um, So that's going to be something to watch for sure. Now, I told you I was going to get into some predictions. Here's the deal. I have the 49ers winning 27-21. to um, I do believe that we will hit the over, and the 49ers will just win outright, which, again, it's a pick game right now. There's not really a favorite. And the over-under is 46. I think that this game could go well over. And the main reason why I believe that is both of these offenses, especially the Bengals, they stop the clock a lot through the passing game. So the plays for this game are going to be astronomical. I'm expecting both the offense and defense to pass 75 plays, which very rarely happens. Um, so I think we'll cover both of those. Another question on Minka Fitzpatrick. I think everybody's really interested in this. What are my thoughts on Minka? I've said this earlier. I personally don't want to give up a high draft pick for him. We have a lot of guys that do what he does. Um, Again, he's a rich man's Jimmy Ward and not worth not worth giving up a first. We would then have no first, no second, and there's no way we could swap our first for their second. They're going to be picking at the top. We're going to be picking at the half, uh, back half. They want a first for him. So um, that's kind of what it is. Now, Couple other predictions. D Ford will have two sacks and another forced fumble in this game. There is no way Andy Dalton holds on to the ball the entire game. And Quan Alexander is going to have 10 plus tackles. Uh, this question just came in. How much better will the Niners defense play with Quan Alexander? It's going to be light and day difference. Quan Alexander is the prototypical kind of cornerstone piece of this linebacker core with Fred Warner. They both do exactly what you want in this kind of 4-2-5 defense that we run. Um, You know, four defensive linemen, two linebackers, and then our nickel set in the back end. Super speed, super effective, and he's opportunistic. He loves to blitz. He can do so much. So even whenever there's – you're going to pay attention – when Andy Dalton's at the line, he's going to point at Quan Alexander 50% of the offensive plays before the snap. Because even if the numbers would favor Fred Warner as the Mike, that's not what their offense is worried about. Quan Alexander's the type of player or an X factor that can go out there and just mess up a whole game. So believe me whenever I say this, their coaching staff has circled Quan Alexander this entire week. And a lot of that has to do with their offensive formation. Again, going back to 10 personnel, where you just have one running back and no tight end. Because every, every offensive lineman's on an island if you blitz. If you just bring one guy, that's five guys blocking five guys. And that is going to be problematic. Um, do you see DeForest getting less double teams? Yes, he will get less double teams. He will still be the most double teamed player, but that's okay because if 
As I said, if DeForest Buckner's getting double teamed, all three other defensive linemen are one-on-one with no edge help. So that's okay. And DeForest Buckner, believe believe me, he wants double teams. He wants to prove it. Now, I do think he will get his first sack of the season this week. I, I really, really do. We're going to have edge pressure, and the only way Andy Dalton's going to be able to get rid of that ball on those deep passing attempts is by stepping up in the pocket. And DeForest Buckner ain't going to let that happen. So offensive predictions, Debo will get into the end zone for the first time. This team, the defensive scheme, is designed for Debo Samuel. So he only got three targets last week. I think he is going to get much more. I am really excited to see what he's going to do. And then also, the running game is going to be effective in the second half. Probably going to be pretty rough early on. They are strong up front. But both Breida and Mostert will have 70-plus rushing yards individually. So like each one of them, I really think we're going to be able to move the ball in the second half. And Kittle versus a linebacker is a bad idea, as I said earlier. I do believe, man... Kittle is going to go off this game. He should have had two touchdowns last week. But 100-plus receiving yards and a touchdown for George Kittle. Mark it down. He is going to have a hellacious game. Um, That's kind of where I feel the game's going to go. So, again, uh, just want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in to the live show on YouTube. All you got to do is just... Search John Chapman. Uh, It's my channel. That's what it's under. Or just type in 49ers Rush. Really appreciate you guys. And if you haven't already, um, I already have the video link up on YouTube for the live reaction show as soon as Kyle Shanahan's press conference after the game finishes. Um, So head over there. Hit that bell. That way you don't miss it because I can't set a time because Kyle Shanahan, sometimes it's right after. Sometimes he takes his time. But I, I want you to watch that, and then we will be going live. And also... George Kittle giveaway is coming soon. It's on my YouTube or on my Twitter page. So at JL underscore Chapman, it's my pinned tweet. I'm going to be giving away a free signed George Kittle jersey. Compliments of game day sports and memorabilia. Love those guys. Any memorabilia needs you have, head over there. But you better hurry because you only got about two days before I give it away. So thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. And stay strong, faithful. We got game day tomorrow. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.